says I love boobies. I do love boobies. <laughs> I was hesitating because I was wondering if I should tell you. I just went to the doctor for a checkup and she's like, wow, your breasts are really dense. I'm dense? Like, I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> anyway. That means dense. that <laughs> they're full. That's what people go for, right? I guess. I mean, she said, because I was laying there, you know, with my arms up and she's like yeah. touching my nipples. She's like, oh, your breasts are so dense. And I was like, uh. That's kind of weird, actually. I was like, is that. that good or bad? Wait, I have the same doctor as you. No, no, no. I, I, I have Kaiser now from my new oh, job. Yeah, 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 yeah. you bitch. You got Kaiser. <laughs> so amazing. Fucking bougie bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Kaiser is bougie now. Across the street now. from the Scientology building. Oh, yeah. Get Fancy. everything done in one day. It's a, ma- a miracle. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I was like, what does that mean? And she's like, it just means there's no fatty tissue. And I was like, okay, Rock okay. Rock hard tits. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> you have pecs. <laughs> That's funny. Well, guys, this is a show that is not about boobs. Or pecs. All the time. It is, I guess, sometimes, like today. Yeah, but yeah. anyways, this is Crying. Amazing. Crazy. And she's... Mel. And I'm Del. We like to finish each other's <laughs> sentences. Sentences. Oh. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm going to say our catchphrase, which is, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. That is literally our catchphrase. For every episode. Yeah. Um, but it has been, like, I think since January. Oh, oh. But it still feels like January to me. I know. Yeah. The never-ending winter. I know. Seriously, when is it going to be summer? I hate this. Yeah. But then I think I head to summer, and I'm like, just kidding. Just kidding. Not yeah, yet. Yeah, when it's 100 <laughs> degrees. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, How yeah. have you been? Good. Um, I feel like the same as ever, just working and doing things. <laughs> I know. How just are... keeping on going. Yeah. On this like... endless fucking rat race living on the hamster wheel hamster wheel yeah just this thing now this thing now this thing okay okay yeah now i'm gonna get sick okay now i'm gonna whatever yeah whatever. that's how i feel too <sighs> can you tell this is the week where we learned that women's rights are basically being like stomped on right yeah now? um we feel a little beaten up i don't know if you noticed my t-shirt today rock for choice it's a rock for choice t-shirt vintage tea from the 90s and like i pulled it out today and i was like wow i can't believe this t-shirt is super relevant again this is so rad just kidding it <laughs> yeah, sucks i know <laughs> Totally so. <laughs> it's like, I thought we won this already. No, it's never ending. It's yeah. never ending battle. Anyways, let's talk about <laughs> something. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we're like so Debbie Downer right now. I blame okay. the clouds. <laughs> yeah, it's like overcast. It's a Sunday here. Yeah. And we're reporting live from Glassell Park, um, even though this will probably be up like two weeks from yeah. now, <laughs> whenever I can get to editing it. Yes. But we've really missed you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you you probably noticed that our Instagram <laughs> was hopping when I was on maternity Blowing leave. Blowing up but every day. That was fun. Every damn day I was posting something and was Del fun. was also... <laughs> Following along. <laughs> <laughs> she was going, yeah, that's right. Uh, but then I got back to work and with the baby and it's been crazy, but yeah. we're happy to be recording um, one happy item that I wanted to share that's somewhat crying, amazing, crazy related, mm-hmm. uh, adjacent, okay, is the reboot of 90210. Can we just give a oh, shout out yeah. for that? Ooh. When is that coming? In August. Oh my god, gotta wait a long time. What are you gonna do about Dylan? I know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, what do you think? I, if you could like guess on how they're gonna. Explain I mean, that. I feel alive like or dead? Do you I, think they're I, gonna say he's alive? I still? think they might say dead. I think they might say dead too. Yeah, because then you but know how? how they like they do that with on shows when people really die and yeah. then like their character usually mm-hmm. dies too. Mm-hmm. I feel like as a way for the audience and the rest of the not staff crew <laughs> to kind of like have like a little morning yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's what they'll do. 
But how? How do you think that Dylan McKay... He was in a car that exploded. Yeah. <laughs> Better be. Definitely car explosion. If, if they... Yeah. It's not going to be... I feel like it would be messed up if they gave him, like, a death that was his fault. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. if it was, like, an overdose or whatever. Right. Or even though that yeah. could kind of go along Work. with Dylan's... Story yeah. arc, maybe, yeah, but yeah. I don't think they would do that to Luke Perry. Yeah, it's that, gonna be yeah. like a, a death that was out of his hands. Yeah, he'll probably have a stroke. <laughs> oh, I know. So sad. I'm still sad about that. Yeah, me too. Um, what else is going on? Um, nothing. <laughs> Gosh. Well, okay. We are so exciting. This is why you're listening to this podcast is because we are very exciting people. We're super, yeah, <laughs> we're just like riveting, riveting individuals. No, okay, so I'll I'll bring something to the table. There was a, a Jezebel article that was like top places to cry ranked, like where oh, women like to go and cry. Nice. And it was just like actually one writer just making her own personal list. Her favorite place to cry was on a on the bus. Oh, that weird. was the top of her list. It was bus, park, car, bookstore, plant store, someone's what? stoop. They live in New York City, obviously. Of course. Subway, mall, your desk at work if you have a door, the bathroom at work, coffee shop, elevator, hospital, post office, your desk at work if you have no door. <laughs> Those are that's that's her list from favorite place to cry to least favorite place to cry. Where's, oh, weird. I know. I feel like my favorite would not be in public places. I know. This bitch is obviously in- <laughs> Uh, narcissist, like, yeah. extrovert. Look I don't at know. me cry, you guys. Yeah. Am I beautiful? <laughs> yeah. I would say for me, shower. Oh, that's a good one. Because then like all the snot and everything yeah. just gets like rinsed off. Oh my off. gosh. Did I saw this BuzzFeed article that was like, I didn't, actually it was a BuzzFeed <laughs> video and I didn't watch it, but it was like, <laughs> this is sort of like, stu- I didn't watch it, but let me tell you about it anyways. It was something about like, Drinking orange juice in the shower is like the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> no, why? Oh, you don't know. I don't know. I didn't watch it. Come, if anyone has seen that video, please let me know. So I was too lazy to watch it. But anyways, yeah, crying in the shower for me. Yeah, that's a good one. I just feel like <clears throat> at home, just everywhere. Like <laughs> especially when I'm like sobbing, I just like pace around the house and do it. Aww. Well, that's if no one's home. I feel like if I'm really depressed and sad, the bed yeah. is yeah. the... Yeah, that's a good spot. <laughs> it makes me sad even thinking about I that. I know. Shower is more just like get it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've definitely done that a bunch. Like, yeah. Just get it out before work. <laughs> yeah. Before the day. Um, done that. And, then, and car. Be in the yeah, car. Big yeah, big time. And then for work, like the bathroom is... Pretty much the only spa I can think I would want to. Yeah, she had that bathroom at work, but it was yeah. pretty low on her list as not a favorite spot. Weird. Yeah. We have wellness. So we my mm. office just moved to a new <laughs> office. Well, the new building is really cool. Our new mm. office is really cool. And now there's a wellness room, which we've nice. never had before, which is a room that I can pump in. That's awesome. Um, although, and crying. And crying. <laughs> although I must say it was nice to be able to pump in my just in my own office before, but now right. I can't do that because my office has like big, big window oh. door type of a thing. Oh yeah. But it's nice having this wellness room. Um, Although that would be funny if you just like had it attached to you and we're just like working and like people could see you. <laughs> I know, I just fuck it. Yeah. Just do it that way. Yeah. Um, although I can't. This is TMI, but whatever. I don't care. Um, the those like hands free bras for yeah, pumping yeah. is like really hard for me. Mm. I can't do it. The one, at least I tried once, and it yeah. like just just oh. comes right out. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't suction enough. Oh, <laughs> your nibs are not the right shape. No, my boobs are not the right shape. I don't know. 
<laughs> Anyways, the wellness room. I feel like people are probably going to cry a lot in the wellness room. In fact, I like somebody was in there taking a nap and it was like pitch dark because they had a headache. And I was like, oh, wow. I need to like get in there and use the fridge and like get like my yeah. stuff. I'm like, this is my room, bitch. Like, I'm the only one who's like bumping right now. I'm the only, the only one. Is it just for your office or is it like the whole building? It's for my office. Whew, that was me. I'm dropping really low because my mic is low and I don't want to touch it. Sorry, you said it's yeah, just for your office? Just for my office, Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Dude, I want a nap room. I know there's like little couches. It's rad. Well, now that we've caught up... <laughs> What has made you cry in the past couple of months <laughs> instead of this week? What are Everything. some things you want to talk about? This isn't one that I wrote down and was thinking to talk about, but as I was going through my Instagram stuff that I saved, pretty much everything that now this news puts out oh, yeah. like makes me sob. And it's all like, most of it was like vet stories and like there was a one about a man who got a heart transplant and he ran into the family at a baseball game. <gasps> I saw that. Yeah. That then, actually I was going to be one of my things like last time oh, or something. Oh, wow. Like yeah. That. And then like the family like got to listen to his heart. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just like it's all cheesy stuff like that that just like makes me ball. But I never feel like it's worthy of, I don't know, us talking Of like about. a deep dive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like this happened. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> now this happened. Wait, yeah. what is it? Oh, now this news or oh. now... Yeah, something now news this. I don't know. <laughs> um. Today is difficult. <laughs> it is. I'm still blaming the clouds. Yeah, um. I'm blaming a seven month old. <laughs> oh, my baby. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you guys need to stop with those creepy Snapchat. Oh my gosh. Filters. If you have a baby, just like download oh Snapchat. God. It's entertainment for hours. <laughs> They're Dude. so scary. The ones that Chris posts, she's always got like makeup or like the one where she had like really hair. long hair. And oh then I God. was like, stop. Do you see doing my old that. lady one, the yes. Benjamin button? And then I was like, stop doing that to her. And he wrote back, she's glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Snapchat filters are so fun. Did you do the one that was like, I just downloaded Snapchat so I can have fun with these yeah, filters? Yeah, yeah. I. Got rid of mine at some point as, like, a political statement because, like, they did something. I don't even remember, but it was, like... Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, I deleted my account forever, so I'd have to, like... Anyway, I don't have it. I did that. I deleted it, and I just reinstalled it so I can have fun with these filters and (laughs) see what I look like as a man and stuff like that. Right, right. It's really fun. (laughs) Especially the one, oh, I wish I could just, like, we could dance right now. Like, there's a filter where you could look like a baby, so we did that. We did that on Juna. Oh, no. Was that (laughs) so scary? No, actually, it kind of just made her look like more like round face a oh, little bit but she yeah, looked the yeah. same i love that everyone's doing that with like the cast of tv shows oh yeah it's really cute. that's how chris found out about it mm. but uh yeah today i posted one of juna as an old lady and i and it was a, <laughs> it was an homage to benjamin button yeah <laughs> she's seven months but she looks a lot older <laughs> seven but i look a lot older Remember that? That's like the best quote from that. I remember when I saw that movie, I was like, this is amazing. But I feel like now if I watched it, it would just be hilarious. So dumb. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many movies like that. Totally. Probably like half of the ones that are behind you right now are like that. Any movie that has like a fantasy element. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A la City of Angels. Right. It's going to be dumb if you try to rewatch it. Yeah. Just like. Nostalgia only works once, and then, like, you can't mm-hmm. be nostalgic for the nostalgic movie. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> She's... So, same months, but I look a lot older. Oh, <laughs> uh, that movie. <clears throat> yeah, so something that actually did make me cry was the end of Busy Phillips' show. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about so, you. Yeah, super bummed out. I don't know if you watch the final episode or whatever. I watched, like, part of it. Okay. So you probably didn't see, like, the very end, like, goodbye message. No, no, no. What was it? So, yeah. So, anyway, like, I, everyone knows I love Busy Phillips. Yeah. Like, I want to be her best friend. And you met her recently. Thanks to Edgar. We were at this event, and she was there, and, like, 
Edgar pointed her out and I was like, I'm not going to go like up to her. So like when they were leaving, they passed by Edgar and he like tapped her on the shoulder and he's like, excuse me, can I introduce you to your biggest fan? And like, I just turned bright red and was like, hi, I love you. Like your show's amazing and you guys are killing it. And she was like, she warned me. She's like, well, I don't know how much longer it'll be like it's not up to us but like the network and she like rolled her eyes and like she said that yeah oh I don't remember you telling me that so she like mentioned that it was probably going to get canceled and then like two weeks later she like so you got a sneak preview I'm like really close with her like that yeah so um and then like a few days later she announced it but yeah so they canceled her show after six months and it was like a super bummer because every single male that has ever had a late night talk show has gotten like two years to like experiment and find their audience and figure out what their show is. And they gave her six months. So like, did she say that? And like, Oh yeah. Uh, well she mentioned it like, so when she found out she was canceled, like she got a lot more like brattier and ballsier with like all all of her stuff. It was just like, well, fuck it. Like I'm out of here. So now I'm just going to like speak my truth. And, she was, like, calling that shit out, like, constantly. Like Dang. It was pretty rad. And then um, when the decision started coming down about Alabama and Georgia, like, she started, I don't know if you started the, oh, yeah. the hashtag, you know me. Yeah. So, yeah, like, just really appreciated her voice and, like, her being courageous enough and thinking, like, well, abortion is so taboo because people don't know that one in four women have one. Right. And we all have a story. And if, you know, like... Tina Fey was telling her, like, no, you have something here. Like, this is a powerful moment of, like, you know, hashtag me too. Like, you can turn this into, like, a platform for women to share their voice and their stories. And so she did that. And that was, like, happening right as her show was getting canceled. And it was just, like, really awesome but sad. And, like, you know, here here she is, like, doing really awesome stuff. And they've canceled her. Her final part. I'm just going to play a clip real quick. Learned things. We have learned that you should meet your heroes, that competition kills creativity, that how you finish something is just as important as how you start it, that a career pivot is always a fucking option for everyone, just like Oprah told us it was <laughs> when we were in elementary school. Um, the giving to people can be so much more rewarding and fun than receiving that it is it is okay to be passionate about women's rights but also care about face masks and bradley cooper's f-ing bang you know that fridge lights are great for selfies um but not this one because it's fake that if you feel like no one gets you just keep being yourself dude and you will find someone or maybe a lot of someone's who do, that a bitch contains multitudes. Anyway, she goes on after that, but oh, I that's just, really sweet. Yeah, it just like really made me cry and just be like, I'm gonna miss you. And then she ends it with like, you know, I'll see you on Instagram, bitches. So like, where it all started. Yeah, and so when her show was on, her Instagram was like really quiet or just like boring. Mm-hmm. So. I've noticed since her show ended, she's, like, on it, like, all day, every day again. And I'm like, yay! (laughs) She's back! (laughs) So, anyway, that totally made me cry. Um, And then at the end, you know, she just, you know, said that quote about, you know, life is a marathon, not a sprint. And then she says, and I have something to tell you guys. Guys, we haven't even broken a sweat yet. So, like, keep going, keep trying. And I think that applies to all fronts, like, her show and Mm -hmm. this fucking political nightmare and just Uh everything so i really appreciate her i love her so much and i hope that you know she gets a show somewhere else but yeah that made me cry (laughs) oh that was sweet yeah Yeah, that was really good yeah so for me this is a really old story but i don't know how many people have heard of it maybe i'm just somebody who's been in the dark but it made Mm -hmm. me cry Mm -hmm. Uh, i watched this documentary that was pretty low budget but it's um on netflix and it's the the Bill Murray stories. Have you watched that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I watched it a while ago, but I uh, wanted to bring up the saxophone story because it totally mm. made me cry. 
So if you haven't heard this before, basically, well, uh, first off, this documentary is essentially this like uber Bill Murray fan. Mm -hmm. He just goes around and he interviews a ton of people about their encounters with Bill Murray because as many people know, Bill Murray is sort of famous for like popping in, popping in and doing (laughs) random everyday stuff like with the people and kind of just making everyone's day by just being Bill Murray. Right. Yeah. Showing up. Showing up. Joining your band at right. a house show, that yeah. kind of thing, playing the tambourine in the background, just yeah. doing weird stuff like that, po- do, like doing photo bombs in the back right. of people's photos. <laughs> but this saxophone story I thought was so sweet. And basically, um, so Bill Murray was, so the documentary um, includes this story among many. But basically, the story is he was in uh, NorCal, he was in Sausalito, and he's taking mm-hmm. a cab uh, or like an Uber or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the driver, he was talking to the driver, and the driver shared that he plays the saxophone. And Bill Murray said, oh, well, you know, when do you practice your saxophone? How often do you play? And he said, well, never, because I'm just driving a cab, like, Aww. 14 hours a day. And Bill Murray oh said, like, well, where's your saxophone right now? And he said, it's in the trunk. And oh Bill God. Murray... Um, Said, well, hey, I know how to drive a car. You don't necessarily need to drive me. I know how to, like, I can GPS to Oakland, which is where he was going. Right. And he said, so wow. let me drive. Why don't you sit in the back and practice sax- saxophone since you never get a practice? Oh, my God. So he drove um, the guy to Oakland, and then he was, like, really hungry. So he said, let's go. Like, I really want some barbecue. Mm-hmm. So they went and got ribs at this, like, mm-hmm. I guess kind of, like, sketchy ribs the place in like at like 2 a.m. Wow. And the guy played saxophone at the ribs place. And like, anyways, I just thought it was really sweet the way like Bill Murray was super casual about it. Mm -hmm. Like it was brought up. I guess the story came about, well, people in the Bay Area were talking about it, obviously. But then he talked about it when he was like at a panel discussion for one of his movies or something Mm -hmm. like that. And he basically said like, uh... He kind of just said, you know, well, why not? Like, why wouldn't you do that kind right, of a thing? Right, right, And he was just so, like, nonchalant about it. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, here were his exact words. He says, it made for a beautiful night, and we've done that. And I think we all do that. I think if you saw that moment and you're, and you're as they say, available, <laughs> you'd make that connection and you'd do it right. I love him. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> I just thought it was really sweet. I wish everybody could be like Bill yeah. Murray. Isn't like <clears throat> kind of the premise of the doc of like Bill Murray, not that he's a religion, but he lives his life like in this like Zen kind yes. of space. Yeah. It's like life lessons from Bill Murray. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's very Zen like. He's just exactly, it's almost like exactly that mm-hmm. statement. It's like, right. well, why wouldn't you? help somebody or why yeah. not yeah, yeah, yeah. be there and make somebody's day yeah. and like not make a big deal out of it, right. you know? I really, yeah, I need to watch that again. It's, it's really so good. It's so good, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty low budge, but it was mm-hmm. sweet. It, I mean, yeah. it's sweet just because of like fucking Bill Murray. Right, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's there was this really cool article, I don't know if you saw it, on LAist about um, a fallen vet returning home after 52 years. Mm-hmm. So his name was Raul Go- Guerrera, and you know he was a Navy journalist from Montebello during Vietnam, and his plane crashed in Vietnam, and they couldn't recover the body for fifty years oh my or gosh. forty years or something like that because first of weather conditions and then I don't know other reasons, <clears throat> and so you know he had this best friend since fifth grade who also went off to the war, but he made it home. And he just, you know, kind of spent his life, like, wanting to bring him back. And then up until a few years ago, like, they didn't have the technology to identify the body as, like, being him. Mm. So, anyway, after all this, all 52 years, they figured out who he was and was able to bring him home. And they did um, uh, a funeral for him in L.A., like, a couple weeks ago. And so friends from his Montebello High School class of 1963, like, joined the effort once it started getting going, calling themselves the committee. Um, and, you know, they, they were the ones that graduated high school with him. And so, you know, they started writing letters and trying to get the research going to be able to identify his body. 
um, <clears throat> contacting government officials and speaking with local media, like anything to keep attention on his story. And like a couple even donated a grave plot to like when he came home. Um, they all came together and had like this very personal commitment to him to bring him home. And so even though he was identified, there's over 1,500 American servicemen and civilians that remain unaccounted for from the Vietnam War. Wow. And so um, <clears throat> one of his high school friends that helped to bring him home said, you know, there are still those that are missing and have not been identified. So their families are going through what we've gone through. And they still have no closure. This is a voice to them to say, don't give up. So it's just like this really long, beautiful <clears throat> article about, you know, this community, high school friends, like just never giving up wanting to like bring him home and give him a proper beer, burial. burial. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I, I was reading that at work and I was just like sitting at my desk, like trying to not... I guess my favorite place at work to cry is my desk, (laughs) but I just always have on headphones and like try to not let people see my face. You're growing your bangs out for a specific reason. Just like, I'm just crying (laughs) over here. So that made me cry at work and it was really sweet, but like it had like a good ending. So anyway, we'll post that in our episode guide at com. For those of you that are interested. Yeah. Any of the videos that we talk about or articles we always post on our website. So definitely take a look. Yeah. So another thing that made me cry was this really cool. So there's a CNN documentary. It actually came out last year in 2018, but I had Mm -hmm. never heard of it. I saw this article on bust.com that was about this, but um, um, the headline for the bust article was a men's prison group in California is learning about bell hooks. What the hell? Yeah. So (laughs) this is fucking awesome. So there's a CNN documentary. You can actually, it's just on YouTube, so you can Mm, watch it. Cool. It's called Feminist and Cell Block Y. And basically in um, a correctional training facility in Soledad, California, Uh, There is um, a men's prison group that is all about understanding toxic masculinity and patriarchy and how basically uh, a patriarchal society uh, contributes to a lot of men leading, you know, going into lives of... um, of uh, criminal activity. Right, right. And wow. so there's a nonprofit group called Success Stories. It was founded by two former inmates. They were inspired by Bell Hooks, by her, by The Will to Change and We Real Cool, those two publications. Mm-hmm. And basically they put together this nonprofit. Again, it's called Success Stories. And the goal of the nonprofit is to foster an understanding of the patriarchy and more specifically how it affects the lives of inmates. So it kind of opens with like men giving testimonial about how their dads oftentimes or their dads not being around, set them on this certain path in life. And particularly with the attitude of if you're going to if you're gonna keep crying, well, I'm gonna give you something to cry about then. Wow. Or boys don't cry type of a right. thing. And how that can often lead to violent behavior. Totally. Um <clears throat> and also they talk a lot about the idea of objectification and how Basically, how that's linked to toxic masculinity, um, you know, objectifying women, mm-hmm. but at the same time, mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of um, violent um, individuals or criminals, they um, commit these acts because of their lack of empathy and because they don't see that their victims as humans, they see them as objects. Right. And so how that is a direct result of the patriarchy. So it's really interesting just kind of like watching the documentary and seeing these inmates, like the light bulbs going off. Yeah. And also there is now, there was a bill that was passed that basically requires in California that mm-hmm. require like Jerry Brown right. was down Jerry for Brown. yeah I know it was, I miss him already. I know I know uh, he that require that if if um, inmates take part in this program mm. in this specific program that they can have their sentencing reduced wow because it's really effective sure so I just thought it was really <clears throat> cool. Um, yeah, a lot of them, like they said, they said we harm people because we don't see them as people. We objectify them. You know, all of all of that is just like the root. Of- and that's like learned and taught mm-hmm. mindset. So it made me cry specifically oh. the visuals of it because like literally oh, wow. it's like 
you know, these like fucking tat, like face tat. Right. Like stereotypically scary looking. Cholo, yeah. You know, yeah, (laughs) gangsters or whatever that are like standing up there and talking about how (laughs) they are now learning that they weren't treating women correctly from what they learned and they now understand that it doesn't that a patriarchal society doesn't only neg- negatively affect women it affects everyone totally and um so anyways it's just cool to see that happening in it yeah. i had never heard of a program like this no. and i'm like that's fucking awesome and it's just more evidence of why feminism should be like a part Taught. of everyone's <laughs> education <clears throat> totally. yeah and that it shouldn't be that the patriarchy is not a myth, which right, is what right. is perpetuated right. by a lot of men. Yeah. So or that, I thought it, it was really cool. Yeah. Again, or, it was called, uh, what is it? Success Stories. That's the name of the nonprofit. Oh, cool. And the name of the doc? It was founded by two, in 2013, so it's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. The documentary is called Feminist in Cell Block Y. Why? And it's about an hour and a half or something, that's and cool. it's a CNN documentary, but you can find it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Really cool. Um, it's crazy that you mentioned that because I don't know if you saw this week or last week or many weeks ago if you're listening to this in the far distant future, but um, the New York Times Magazine came out with this piece, a feature called My Cousin Was My Hero Until the Day He Tried to Kill Me. For years, I was drawn to his strength, his bravado, his violence, but then he forced me to come to terms with how that idea of masculinity poisoned his life and mine. And it goes into like... This crazy story of these two cousins. One was like su- two dudes, right? Two dudes. One was like super masculine, machismo, like mm-hmm. whatever. Had tons of guns. Went to the army, like that whole narrative. And then this other cousin. And anyway, it goes through like their life and like how his cousin was always just like toxic to everybody. Mm. And eventually, one day, he like tried to kill him. And it was all because of like this idea that this is who he needed to be and mm-hmm. it's fascinating so we'll post that too but it was like wow a really intense read um but yeah that it took like almost being killed by your cousin to realize like oh this is not healthy yeah. <laughs> for our society this is not cool <clears throat> this is not right yeah wow um yeah that's really cool i'm gonna watch that Years that you, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. It's very cool. It's like the documentary is mostly just like them, one program. Like it's like they're in a classroom and it's, mm-hmm. you know, but it's yeah. really cool. Yeah. So this one made me cry a while ago. I'm sure Mel knows who the specials are and a lot mm-hmm. of other people know who they are. But for those of you who don't, they're like a ska band from the 60s, 70s, 70s maybe. I don't know. They're a yeah. ska band from back then. They recently came out with a new album where like the living members reunited. There's a song on there that is referencing an original Prince Buster song. Prince Buster is like one of the original like ska grandfathers who the specials like looked up to, but he had this song called The Ten Commandments for Women. And it's all about like a man giving women directions on how she's supposed to behave. And it's really sexist and disgusting and just gross. And Uh um, so when the specials redid it redid they redid this song on their newest album and um before it came out i don't know if you remember this story from england but there was like you know an uh, an alt-right rally and there was people that came to protest it and there was this really powerful image that came out during the time of this woman oh yeah I'm going to butcher her name Sophia Sophia Khan and she's just like in the face of this like angry white male he's the far right and she's taller than him which I yeah love. i know so she's taller and she's just like kind of smirking in his face like you're she hate- doesn't look scared at all at all and like so in other alternate images the specials saw that she was wearing a shirt that, that had the special you know she's wearing the specials t-shirt mm-hmm. and so they reached out to her and they were like because they they were trying to rewrite the song and um, so the bass player, Horace, admits that Prince Buster was a, a big influence when they started things in the first place. And then he said the band had done a cover of Enjoy Yourself and sampled Al Capone on Gangsters, he remembers. But the Ten Commandments has not traveled very well. And from listening to it again, it felt very important to do a contemporary version. The problem is our attempts ended up sounding like comedy versions of the song because they're men. Yeah. And so it led to the idea of turning it completely on its head by getting a woman to do the vocals. And they thought of Khan and brought her on to like redo the song. And so she has this badass version that's like 
the first one is thou shall not listen to Prince Buster <laughs> um, or any man offering kindly advice. You may call me a feminazi or a feminoid and then see if I give a stinking shit. Like she goes on. It's a really awesome song. Oh my like, gosh, I that's just, rad. Yeah. And so like. The and story the, behind it is so rad. Yeah. And then like the final lyrics are like. Um, I shall not be the icing on your cake, and I shall not be the candy on your arm, but I shall be seen, and I will be heard, the commandments of I, Sophia Khan. So anyway, it was really cool. I'm like, have goosebumps right now just reading it. But I just love, loved that they like... Did that. Did that. They wanted to do it. They saw her, and they were like a fan of hers, and she was like blown away, obviously, when they contacted her and just like... Turn it into this rad new like feminist anthem. Yeah, it's really cool. So oh, I love that. Yeah, Yay. that made me cry. That's super cool. Yeah, like out of like happiness of like oh look at these cool old men that are like yeah I wonder how old they are it. now yeah <laughs> barely alive <laughs> <laughs> you know all these old rockers yeah <laughs> oh my gosh so yeah that that's was, rad that was my last one sweet yeah well. Uh, oh, yeah. There is, speaking of rad women, there is, I can't recommend enough, the amazing Netflix documentary, Knock Down the House. Mm -hmm. Um, It is not only about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, but also about a total of four women Mm -hmm. who were um, brought together and supported by two grassroots organizations, Brand New Congress and Justice Democrats, who were trying to bring more progressive leadership into the halls of power. Mm-hmm. Alexandra, AOC, her name is so yeah. long, AOC, <laughs> she was the only one who, in the end, you know, that was nominated and, and mm-hmm. made it through. Um, the other people were not elected. However, it's an amazing film about these women and mm-hmm. their fight to um, take down some like veteran right, right. politicians that have either been in their role, kind of like almost appointed to their role sure. in like what feels like a very archaic way, mm-hmm. like it was given to them type of a thing, right. or they're just corporate bought mm-hmm. politicians. Anywho, it's a fantastic documentary, mm-hmm. but there is an amazing article that's sort of um, breaking down and analyzing the documentary, and it's on The Atlantic, mm-hmm. and it's called, it's by Megan Garber, who is a staff culture writer for The Atlantic. I don't always love every article from The Atlantic, yeah, as yeah. we've talked about in right. the past. <laughs> Uh, But this piece is incredible, and she points out some key things about this documentary. And what the article ends up being, I feel, is Mm -hmm. essentially the thesis statement of Crying Amazing Crazy. Yes, totally. So basically, the name of the article is Knock Down the House and the Quiet Insurgency of Tears. Netflix documentary makes a subtly radical argument that the emotions of women running for office are not liabilities, but sources of power. Your tears are power, ladies. Do you hear it? Your tears are power. I love it. I'm just going to read like sort of what come, what, what is the crux of this article essentially. So a woman politician crying on camera, which Mm -hmm. happens in this documentary, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's a striking way to conclude a film about insurgency. So it happens at the end of the film, but it also, you know, for obvious reasons, women not being elected, women Mm -hmm. being elected, it's a very emotional thing. And they say women's tears, after all, have been implicated in some of misogyny's fondest lies that women lack control over their emotions, cough, cough, Game of Thrones, (laughs) something going on on Game of Thrones right now, or conversely, that women are so thoroughly in control of their emotions that they use their, um, that they use these emotions for manipulation. So it's like one or the other. (laughs) Just basically if you cry, it's terrible. Right. You're Um, using it for something other than... Right. You're either weak or you're doing it because you're an evil woman. Right. (laughs) Um, Trying to get your way and tricking people. You're a witch. You're a witch or you're... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But Knock Down the House as it follows four women in their races to unseat um, incumbents in the 2018 midterms presents tears of exhaustion, of sorrow, of joy, of supporters and partners, and sometimes the candidates themselves with little fanfare and no apology. The film, Mm -hmm. its director, Rachel Lears, put it to me, the writer, Megan, Mm -hmm. that it's meant to explore the nature of power. And you can read those tears as a crucial element of that exploration. 
AOC taking the gravity of the responsibility that will soon be before her tears up because why wouldn't she? Given the Hmm. life and death implications of American political power, isn't isn't that a fitting form of intensity? So... Basically, it was really interesting because the article mm-hmm. talks about, one, how the filmmakers had to be very careful in terms of right. what, <clears throat> where they place those teary uh-huh. moments because, interestingly, uh, in filmmaking, there's sort of this, like, unspoken rule right. that, like, you... I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. Emma Thompson yeah. said it, that you could only cry once, once. <laughs> in a film and it needs to be... Uh, it needs to be a very specific mm-hmm. key, powerful, powerful yeah. moment. If you do it too much, then like you're written off. You're written off. Yeah, yeah. yeah your character is not. You, is your character weak. loses its power. Right, right. So that was really interesting to me. Um, but the overall theme is that how amazing is it that to have political candidates who, who cr- care, who care, <laughs> they're crying because they fucking yeah. care. Yeah. And that is not a sign of weakness. Right. And I was like, and politicians should care. Yes, that's why we're electing them I know, to care I was like, for right us. Right on. Yeah, I love that point. And it was neat too because these women who are running, mm-hmm. the reason that they're running is incredibly personal and connected right. to them, which just means that they're going to fucking work harder Fight. than most people. Yeah, and yeah. so it's a shame that some of them were not elected. Yeah. Um. So I. I just fuck yeah. yeah, this documentary I, is awesome and this article is awesome. I feel like yeah, I feel like this moment of like the power of open emotion is something that we're seeing a lot more lately and hearing yes, a lot more. Yeah. Back to Busy Phillips, like she always cries on her show and she always talks about how she's a crybaby and it's like it's just a release. Like she's happy, she's sad, she's excited. And um, you know, crying in front of people, like let's normalize it. Crying is real. Right. And it says the tears here um, in this film double almost as the campaign promises. Mm -hmm. They suggest the kind of passion and compassion that the film argues have been absent from the behavior of many of the white male politicians who have shaped the status quo to their preferences. Mm -hmm. They suggest that the feminine coded qualities that have often been treated as liabilities in political life are in fact profound assets. It's again, it's like, I want more of our politicians to care that much. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I think it was the last paragraph. Yeah. was really good. Just like, you know, what did it say? Imagine a world shaped by leaders who care so much it hurts. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Imagine. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it says in general, politicians are not expected to cry. And that is in large part because mm-hmm. politicians are not expected to be women. Right, right, right. <laughs> Even though we know there's so many statistics that mm-hmm. point out that I'm just gonna yeah. soapbox it that <laughs> when women are are the leaders in an organization mm-hmm. at in corporations too, not that I'm pro corporation, but <laughs> there's so many studies that show when women are in the C-suite and when they're in power, mm-hmm. they're when they're in power positions, those organizations and corporations are actually. Uh, more collaborative, more collaborative, and they make more money. Right. They do well. Right. They're more they successful. Right, because so, they probably care about everyone. Everyone feels seen. I have then good you, staff retention, yeah. and then you want to stay and do the hard work and right. make things great. Yeah. Ugh. But it was also interesting too, because in the article they talked a little bit about sort of the the double bind mm-hmm. that happens with women um, that we saw during Clinton's run, yep. which is. Uh, be authentic, but not too authentic. Be emotional, but not too emotional. Be real, but not really. This is what they yeah. tell women. Because, again, we live in a patriarchal society, <laughs> and this is what people expect. Right. Um, but, anyways, I just... Yeah. I thought this this documentary and this um, article about it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. were both awesome, and the documentary made me cry yeah. a bunch. Yeah. And I it makes... I love... AOC. Yeah. I'm obsessed with her. I, I want her to be our president so bad. I know. I can't wait until she, like, is old enough. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> <And> she's just... <laughs> a, yeah, how old do you have to be to be president? She's old enough, right? 30-something. Oh, she's she's, probably she's in her 20s, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Didn't she post something on Instagram this week that was like, did you see it was, God. What was I it? I should have looked at it. She posted a picture of what she bought for... Like her groceries, she was talking about how she just like oh, is poor because of her yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, student yeah. loans. Right. Yeah. She's funny because she's like serving the country and yeah, 
in She's like, like buying Easy Mac. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Every time I watch her um, live, what is it on Instagram where you're live? Stories. Stories. It's not live, but. No, where you're live. Oh, she does Instagram live? Yeah. Yeah. Duh, it's mm-hmm. Instagram live. Uh-huh. Whenever she's on Instagram live, like just like going off on what could be a platform for running for president, I'm just like, just yes, yes. Like, she's yeah. So rad. She makes me cry. And then, like, yeah, every time she's just like, you know, questioning in, you know, in her seat, I forgot who she was talking to, but like this week when she was asking, you know, making sure that. It was on record known the difference between when someone's labeled a domestic terrorist versus like a murderer for mm. doing these like gun mm-hmm. attacks. And like the only difference is the color of their skin. And like just wow. made a point of that on record. And I'm she's just so fucking she's smart. on top of her shit. And like she gets them to answer the questions that are proving her point exactly. Yeah. And it's, she's so smart. She's like, so smart. She's like to me the perfect role model, like yeah. for my daughter. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like I, when hard. I was watching the documentary, I was just like I was like, I wish Juna was like old <laughs> enough to like see this and understand what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, maybe she'll be like when AOC is president, <laughs> Juna know. will be like her intern. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's oh my gosh. It was cool in the documentary. She does this thing where she when she was like getting ready for the debate that she's going mm-hmm. to with the incumbent. Right. She um she was like getting fucking nervous mm-hmm. and like just practicing and getting like right. preparing, you know. And she was like kind of like doing this like mantra to herself about how she's worthy of this uh-huh. and all this. But she was also doing this thing that she was going like this. If you, uh-huh. you guys can't see, but I'm like shaking my hands out away. <laughs> away from me. And she was she was like, I'm big. I take up this much space. I'm taking up oh, all nice. this space. Like yeah. I'm huge. Like yeah, this yeah. is me taking up space. That's awesome. Because she, you know, I'm sure she's a tiny she's person. Tiny, yeah. yeah, she looks really tiny. <laughs> she was like, I'm a big person. I can do yeah, this, yeah, you know? Yeah. It was really Psyching cute. herself out. Yeah. And I her partner her. is so supportive. Yeah. He's like this dorky ginger. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they live in this like tiny ass apartment. I, God, I love them. I know. I love her so much. Anyways. So yeah, yeah. If I ever saw her, I would just like fall over and cry. I know. <laughs> I would too. I'd be like, can we be best friends? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Let's go work for her. I know. Somehow. Yeah. Dude, if she ever runs for president, let's quit our jobs and work on her campaign. That would be cool. There yeah. would totally be an LA office or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Well. Their West Coast West Coast headquarters, yeah. AOC. We'll, we'll have to wait. Yeah. A while. <laughs> like a decade yeah. before she can't Anybody. even run. Maybe we'll be. No, we won't be retired. We'll never retire. We'll never retire. We'll never, we'll never own homes and we'll never homes. retire. <laughs> So sad. Uh, I wish she would step off the ledge, my friend. Speaking of wanting to step off the ledge. Okay, so this song. um, Okay, so if you're a first time listener, which you're probably not, because how the fuck did you find our podcast? If you did, email us, because I want to be like, who are you? How did you discover us? Email us at cryingamazingcrazy at gmail.com. That's right, baby girl. Uh, yeah, so if it's your first time, welcome. Hi. Welcome. Hi. Well, the, we always, this last part of our podcast is always the little, fun I, part. it's the fun part. Like the pick me up. Yeah, the pick me up. And this is where we pick a song of decades past that is some sort of emotional roller coaster of a song that yeah. uh, we can really dissect and get real about and laugh about. Yes. That kind of thing. Wait, how did you find... Why did, made you think of this song? I wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend You could cut ties with all the lies that you've been living in And if you do not want to see me again I would understand... I don't know because... Oh, because Chris and I were driving... That was so defensive. I don't know! Well, because I also, while I was listening to it to prep for this podcast, I was kind of like, why the fuck did I pick this song? So I picked this song because I thought, oh, suicide, that's sad. Right. <laughs> Literally, that's why I picked it. But because we were driving and then, how's it gonna oh, be? Yeah. That song came on and I was like, oh, we should probably do a stupid ass third eye blind, third eyed blind song at some point. And then I was like, oh, don't they have a song about suicide? Let's yeah. do that one. <laughs> 
That's like the saddest one. But this that's the ironic Dude. thing. The song doesn't feel sad and the fucking video. video. I was like, I do not remember this video at it, all. The video, okay. And I, I still don't understand it one bit. And like it doesn't match the lyrics. Like, is it a party? Is it are they sad? Are they on drugs? Are they in a mirror? Like, did he just turn into a child? I don't understand. <laughs> okay, everyone, so go weird. watch the video on YouTube. We'll post it also at cryingamazingcrazy.com. But basically, what's happening to break it down is <laughs> please Steven Jenkins, who's the singer, who I didn't know his name, I had to look it up. <laughs> he and the band guitar player with little braids. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> anyways, he and the band are kind of like playing at this like underground club party, but they're like, no yeah. one, they're kind of just there. They're not part of the story. Right. Um, like they're ghosts or something. Yeah. They're like, just, <laughs> like no one, sees, no one them. sees them or like interacts with them. But this like wild, very like 90s party is happening Everything is very brightly colored. Lots of cool rave clothes. Yeah, very ravey. Like, I feel like probably a lot of ball chain necklaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, spiky yeah. hair, like, weird Star pleather. Glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Giant um, boots. Like, boas, you <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Big baggy pants. And also, like, United shit. Colors of Bennington. Like, they're all, like, very exotic Yes, exactly. People yeah, there's, color. like, literally not one. I feel like there's no white people in the video, no? There's, there's like, one dude that has blonde hair. Oh, yeah, like, he spits on the mirror. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I remember him. But so yeah. they're just, like, dancing around and, like, all this. They're, so they're kind of, like, this cast of characters that mm -hmm. are just, like, kind of going crazy right. everywhere. Yeah. The protagonist is this like kind of attractive black guy that I assume is gay based on I guess. He's like fighting with this other guy at first but then they like do the thing where you put the oh, hand on the mouth yeah. and like kiss the hand. Right. Like there's why a lot they of random kiss? making out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe and then oh, and the guy has like really good eyeliner on. That's Oh yeah. And then <laughs> Yeah, then they're, like, in the bathroom and, like, yelling at the mirror and, like, right. Steven is, like, on the other side of the mirror. There's right. lots of lipstick writing on mirrors and though, pregnant bellies. It's as though, yeah, why is this chick at this party? It's a fucking shit <laughs> show. But it's like they said, like, okay, everyone, just go up to the mirror and do, like, the most badass thing you can think of. Yeah. And then, like, everyone did, like, the most cliched thing they could think of and it's just really cheesy. Yeah. So, and then like, then what happens? I don't even remember. Then they go on the roof, or then they they smash up a car. Oh, yeah, they're in like a freeway tunnel. Yeah, they smash up a car, and then they go to the roof, and then the guy who's a protagonist, like, kind of leans forward as if he's mm -hmm. gonna jump, but he's like smiling. Yeah, it's weird because it doesn't feel depressing right, or anything. Right. Like, and also the fucking singer, what's his name, Stephen Jenkins. Yeah, he's like smirking the yeah, whole yeah. time, like yeah, smile yeah. singing. Yeah, so he's, he's like does that smize thing the whole time. Yeah, which <laughs> I wrote down. He's literally doing what I call the scrunch face that my seven month old baby does, uh, like like this, like I'm so cute. Yeah, <laughs> like scrunching your nose. Yeah, that's what like literally my baby makes that face. That's how he sings the whole time. Yeah, so. Oh, yeah, so at the end, the guy's going to, like, jump off the cliff, but everyone, like, as a group, like, is holding his clothes, and then... Right. And then Anna Nicole Smith is there randomly. She is? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. She's, like, in it briefly towards the end. It's just, like, she just, like, turns around, and it's Anna Nicole Smith. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and, and then, then <laughs> at the end, he turns into a little drummer boy, the singer, right. a little black drummer boy, right? Was he black? I don't know. He had, like, curly hair, Oh, maybe hair. he wasn't black, but he wasn't... He, like, turns into a child or yeah. something anyway it was a weird video doesn't fit the vibe of the song but it came out in 1997 mm -hmm. and me and my friends were like secretly obsessed with them because uh -huh. we knew they were terrible but like we had the biggest crush on him because we thought he was neck, so hot he has, like a neck beard chin yeah, strap yeah 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 thing. <laughs> what do you call that it's like where you're it's like the outer edge of your chin uh, is like outlined by like, a thin line like of a hair. dirt beard yeah <laughs> like, so gross <laughs> and so we would like talk about him in whispers to each other because oh. we didn't want anyone to hear us 
And also, I have to say, it was funny when Del was like asking me, like, hey, what song are we doing again? But in her text, and she put T-E-B, uh-huh, like... Because uh-huh. <laughs> that's like, how we would write it to notes on I each other. Like, I, was like, I had to think about it. I was like, she literally just abbreviated, like, as if they're homies, like, they're close homies, T-E-B. Because we, yeah, so we used to, like, write T-E-B on everything, and so... When I was a junior in high school, I was kind of an asshole to my teacher in this one class. It was me and my friend Carrie and Allie, and it was sewing with Mrs. Dole. Sewing. Yeah. And I sewed a dress once, and it didn't fit me because I got... I'm dyslexic, and I got the... Maybe I mentioned this before. I got the measurements mixed up, and so... You're dyslexic? Yeah. I didn't even know that. (laughs) Did you know that Stephen Jenkins is dyslexic? (laughs) Which is why Winnie was crying about it. I was like, so's like everybody. Get I mean, mine is not <laughs> mine's not super severe. He wrote a song about suicide because he's just like <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, oh it's gosh. not severe, but okay. like words and stuff jumble and anyway. Like, Which is ironic because you're <laughs> I was, like, reading that the whole time. There's, like, a word jumble behind Delane, <laughs> and I was reading that it says pimps <laughs> and task bish. <laughs> Are those on purpose? I think bish is on purpose. Okay. But what about <laughs> pimps with the dollar sign? No, that's not on purpose. That's awesome. Okay. Or maybe Edgar did. I don't know. <laughs> task bish. Pimps. <laughs> um... Anyway, me and my friend Carrie and Allie were in Mrs. Dole's sewing class. And, like, it also doubled as the child development class. So it was decorated like a little kid's classroom Mm because, like, little kids would come. And on one of the bulletin boards, it, like, had a bus. And, like, Carrie drew on it, like, pictures of us sticking out of the bus. And, like, we're on our way to the TEB concert. And, like, we, like, destroyed her bulletin board. (laughs) And then one day she got mad at us because Allie broke a needle on the sewing machine and she was like, well, you're going to have to pay to replace that. And she was like, oh no, $3. What am I going to do? Now I can't pay for my aunt to have a heart transplant. And Mrs. Dole goes, that's not funny. My sister had to have a heart transplant. Oh my God. She probably made that up. (laughs) And we just started busting up laughing because we were assholes. (laughs) But anyway, like that's my secret. Love for Third Eye Blind. But then, like, it turned out, like, he started dating all those little babies, like Vanessa Carlton, and there was another one. Well, he dated Charlize Theron for a while. Oh, right. But that's not baby. No, but there was, like, when those, like. he produced Vanessa Carlton's album. And they were, like, like, years apart. She was, like, a teenager. He seems like a major douche when I was, like, doing research for this. Like, all of his quotes are, like, you're a fucking tool. So, like, he said about the song, the song is about a friend who's gay, jumping off a bridge, killing themselves. Like, what? Yeah. Thanks for the explanation. (laughs) And then it's also about me, because I went, my parents got divorced. divorced. (laughs) And And that hurt me. He's like, he should be on America's Next Top Model. Or it's like an after-school story. My parents are divorced and that hurt me. We were poor and I went to a rich high school. I was dyslexic and had ADD, which I still have. (laughs) So I carried all these things with me. It's like, that's not a lot to carry, bro. That's like half of the nation. (laughs) That's like everyone I know. (laughs) Clearly, Delay. I'm a child of divorced parents. Del has dyslexia. (laughs) Like, um, I don't know. Maybe I have ADD. <laughs> it's so stupid. All these quotes. But yeah. did you see the article about how they trolled the RNC with this song? Yes, I thought that was cool. <laughs> I thought that was very cool. Yeah. So when I was Googling this song, that article came up from two, 2016. I guess the RNC asked them to play, and they went and they played none of their hits. Like, mm-hmm. they played all these deep B cuts, and, like, everyone was, like, getting annoyed. Pissed, yeah. So then they started to play this song, and they went into how it's about a gay person committing suicide and, like, how... We need to be more tolerant. Right. And then, like, they started playing this song, and, like, People everybody... People were booing them. them. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. I, I thought that was cool, too. Yeah. So he's douchey and stupid, but... He's just kind of like, yeah. He's, like, one of those dudes who didn't go to college... But, like, thinks he's really fucking smart and, yeah. like, 
tries to be deep and like you're just like, um, no, actually. He's a little yeah, he thinks he's like really cool and smart. Yeah. Like, so um go taking it back to 90210. <laughs> so he, I guess grossly like gross this is gross to me he had like a hip-hop duo what i guess i didn't listen to it fuck i should have listened to it damn it let's pull it up right now okay what are they called they're called uh i want to say pappy and harriet's but that's not it it's something like that it's like uh, yeah because it was on the last one of soundtrack this is hip-hop they cl- they said it was hip-hop <laughs> We're doing 90s white girl dance. Yeah. <laughs> da, 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 da. I have a lip. So this is Puck and Natty. <laughs> Okay, so girl, I just want to be your friend. Doesn't so. it also sound like he was always singing with somebody that had a lisp and a swollen tongue? Yes, he does. <laughs> For real. So this was his supposedly quote unquote hip hop group, Puck and Natty, and they were on the 90210 soundtrack. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, and so, but there's this quote from him just being a douche about it where he's like, uh, want me to do a song for a TV show I've never seen? No problem. And then he said that he got seven, $7,800 for the song being on there, and he used it to buy groceries. That's a lot of groceries. I know, but like, you know, he's being yeah, like, yeah, chump yeah. change, which I guess it's not that much if you're not getting royalties. But Right. But did anybody buy it or listen to it? <laughs> yeah, also, you fucking suck. So, <sighs> And also, he, he he's from San Francisco, and he lives oh. in... He lives in um, North Beach in San Francisco, and, like, I guess this is what he stated in an interview. Am I a rock star? Yeah, I guess. I also get to live in the in North Beach and go to a pub and drink my pint and go to a cafe and drink my coffee. I carry groceries home on the tank of my motorcycle. Oh my God. I find pleasure in things that are simple. Is that a rock star's life? It is for me. Oh, my God. He's so deep. gag me, dude. <laughs> Gag me. <laughs> He's so deep. It's like him and um, Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah. Were no, like, I think he's almost worse than the yeah, Goo Goo Dolls yeah. guy. Uh, I think the Google's, Goo Goo Dolls guy is just a fucking dork. Yeah. Like, I think this guy's like a douche. A dork and a douche. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways. Because what? Rock stars don't drink coffee and get groceries? So I don't stupid. know. Yeah, he uh, is the worst. He's kind of the worst. And there's still a band. <laughs> There's still a fucking band. That's crazy to me. Like, yeah, when I saw that article about the RNC, I was like, what? They were still playing in 2016? Yeah, I think that was like the headline when it was like announcing yeah, he yeah. was playing. Like everyone's like, uh, Third Eye Blind, what the fuck? <laughs> so for me, my connection to Third Eye Blind is like, basically, <laughs> I remember... I met this girl who was from um, who was from the Bay Area, and she was like obsessed with Third Eye Blind, and she like had their CDs and mm-hmm. da da da. And this is when I was I was in junior high when the album was out, and um, she uh, I thought she was really cool, so I just pretended uh, like I had their album and knew yeah. all their non single songs, right, which right. I didn't at all. I only knew their singles, but I was like, yeah. Oh yeah, I love that album. Like I love right. like all those deep cuts <laughs> on the fucking album. So I just, this is like one of the first, I feel like that was one of the first moments where I was like, just lying, just being, <laughs> straight up lying, just lying about how cool I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. Cause it's not cool at all. Third Eye Blind is not cool. And then we used to go to the beach like once a week in high school and we would always, for some reason, blast that album, like, the whole drive. Oh <laughs> so dorky. Uh, it's just very formulaic. I th- yeah, think, yeah, like, yeah. It's, the songs are, like, the singles are, like, just super, like, By the way, the whole album is, like... Accessible. Singles. And also, he <clears throat> pronounces everything. Yeah, yeah. Like, very... Like, you can understand the lyrics really well, yeah. <laughs> which I think you, ha- like, has to <clears throat> happen in, like pop singles except for that little billy billy face down on the mattress i never understand i don't know saying. that 
Wait. Oh. Oh yeah. Because he talks really fast in yeah. that part. <laughs> okay, just kidding. Something about being belly first on the mattress with your red, I mean, yellow panties. It's so gross. Put the past away. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I know. My, I'm looking, trying to find if I have anything else to say. My note, I just wrote, this video is lol, lol. <laughs> it was so weird. With a million exclamation points. <laughs> And then I wrote, oh, maybe, like, all the writing that I couldn't understand that people were writing on the mirror, it was, mm. like, backwards. And uh-huh, also, uh-huh. like, it was, ba- I don't know, I couldn't understand on the pregnant woman's belly when they were writing oh, with lipstick. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe it's because he's dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> and they're trying to slip that in there, like, backwards writing, it's so challenging and weird. And <laughs> That's, like, also a reason why I'm horrible in dance classes. Because, uh... like... I overthink oh, you probably couldn't the direct- do, like, drumming very well. Yeah, right? like, I overthink the direction and which side I'm supposed to be. Like, I'm always the opposite of everyone because I'm, like, anyway. Oh. <laughs> it's fine. Everybody <laughs> loves it. I'm just in the back doing the opposite three steps behind what everyone's doing. <laughs> That's amazing. I feel like I do that, too, but I don't think I'm dyslexic. Cut ties with all the lies that you've been living in. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Keep crying, babies. Keep crying. We'll record again soon. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Put the past away. I wish you would step back from that land.